figured out this whole streaming thing and seamlessly should have a system for getting, yeah, recording on Twitch and transferring things to YouTube. Got it all down to the science now. So there you go. We're live on Twitch. And uh, this ought to be interesting. This ought to be interesting. I'm not, I don't know if I'll do all the recordings on Twitch. I'm going to try to. So there's always video recording. And then everything on YouTube as well. But uh, yeah. It's good to have some video in addition to the podcast, the audio. Just for in the future when I watch and look at these and see my, you know, facial reactions as I read certain scriptures and yeah, they say 80% of communication is body language. So here we are. We're in Jeremiah. It took me a while to figure everything out, but we, we figured it out. All right. We're in Jeremiah chapter 12. Jeremiah chapter 12. Reading out the New Living Translation. And the heading for this is Jeremiah's Complaint. Jeremiah's Complaint. Oh, yeah. I decided not to go to the prayer meeting. That would have been too late. And yeah, so plus I'm just enjoying just chilling today. You know, I would normally have been taking Wednesdays off and sometimes Thursdays, but I decided I'm gonna take today off and then tomorrow off because I'm hanging out with my son Matthew. I may drive a little bit before I hang out with him, so I don't pick him up to like ten thirty, and I'll have him all the way ten thirty in the morning. I'll have them to like ten at night, so. Ought to be interesting. I'm giving him the option, the options, whether or not to go fishing or go to Legoland. So we'll see. We'll see which one he chooses. <sighs> righty, 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 righty. All right, Jeremiah chapter 12. Yeah, Matthew will be 11 years old tomorrow. Jeremiah's complaints. You will be righteous, Lord. Even if I bring a case against you, yet I wish to contend with you. Why does the way of the wicked prosper? Why do all the treacherous live at ease? You planted them and they have taken root. They have grown and produced fruit. You are ever on their lips, but far from their conscience. As for you, Lord, you know me, you see me, you test whether my heart is with you. Drag the wicked away like sheep to slaughter and let them up. <laughs> my bad, I'm reading out the Christian standard version. I'm supposed to be reading out of the NLT. I'm reading out my actual Bible. Hmm. How do we want to do this? Sorry, y'all. I'm still trying to figure out, do this whole multitasking, doing video and doing audio. We'll get it down. All right, let's go back. Reverse, reverse. Doesn't hurt to hear it again. NLT. Here we go. Lord, you always give me justice. Oh, the heading they have is Jeremiah questions the Lord's justice. It's never good to question the Lord, but here we go. Lord, you always give me justice when I bring a case before you. So let me bring you this complaint. Why are the wicked so prosperous? Why are evil people so happy? Let me take that back. Sorry, y'all. Pause. It's not good to question the Lord, but he he allows for it. People do it all throughout the Bible. I just needed to say that real quick. All right, Lord, you always give me justice when I bring a case before you. So let me bring you this complaint. 
Why are the wicked so prosperous? Why are evil people so happy? It's a good question. I look at people out here, billionaires, millionaires, even people that make over 80,000 and they seem to be having you know, happy lives, nice houses, beautiful families. Things is going really well. Here I am over here. But I'm thankful. I'm thankful for what I got. I'd rather be. But are they really happy? That's the question. Are they really happy? It may seem happy for now, but yeah. All right. A relationship with Jesus Christ is the only way you can truly be happy. That's the only way you'll find true joy. Everything else is just temporary. Jesus is eternal. He is eternal. Verse 2. You have planted them and they have taken root and prospered. Your name is on their lips, but you are far from their hearts. Verse 3. Four, but as for me, Lord, you know my heart. You see me and test my thoughts. Drag these people away like sheep to be butchered. Set them aside to be slaughtered. Verse 4. How long must this land mourn? Even the grass in the fields has withered. The wild animals and birds have disappeared because of the evil in the land. For the people have said, The Lord doesn't see what's ahead for us. The Lord doesn't see what's ahead for us. All right, next heading, the Lord's reply to Jeremiah. Uh oh, here we go. What you got to say? The Lord's reply to Jeremiah. Verse 5. If racing against mere men makes you tired, how will you race against horses? If you stumble and fall on open ground, what will you do in the thickets near the Jordan? Verse 6. Even your brothers, members of your own family, have turned against you. They plot and raise complaints against you. Do not trust them no matter how pleasantly they speak. I have abandoned my people, my special possession. I have surrendered my dearest ones to their enemies. My chosen people have roared at me like a lion of the forest, so I have treated them with contempt. My chosen people act like speckled vultures, but they themselves are surrounded by vultures. Bring on the wild animals to pick their corpses clean. Mm, it does not sound good. Verse 10. Many rulers have ravaged my vineyard, trampling down the vines and turning all this beauty into barren wilderness. They have made it an empty wasteland. I hear its mournful cry. The whole land is desolate and no one even cares. On all the bare hilltops, destroying armies can be seen. The sword of the Lord devours people from one end of the nation to the other. No one will escape. My people have planted wheat, but are harvesting thorns. They have worn themselves out, but it has done them no good. They will harvest a crop of shame because of the fierce anger of the Lord. So it's interesting to see that they worshipped Baal, who was also called shame, or as we said in last in Jeremiah 11, altars of shame. That was the title for it. And here they are harvesting shame now. So whatever, once again, whatever we worship, if we worship these false gods and give all our time, our energy, our emotions to those things. When it comes time, when we're in a bind and life come cra comes crashing down on us, then what will we go to? It's interesting. This is interesting that they're harvesting, they're reaping the fruit of what they were, what they were worshiping, what they were sowing into. And I was worshiping these altars of shame, worshiping at these altars of shame. So it says they will harvest a crop of shame because of the fierce anger of the Lord. I just made that connection. 
That's the Aaron Yancey uh, commentary. All right, a message for Israel's neighbors. That's the next heading. Verse 14. Now this is what the Lord says. I will uproot from their land all the evil nations reaching out for the possession I gave my people Israel. And I will uproot Judah from among them. But afterward, I will return and have compassion on all of them. I will bring them home to their own lands again, each nation to its own possession. And if these nations truly learn the ways of my people, and if they learn to swear by my name, saying, As surely as the Lord lives, just as they taught my people to swear by the name of Baal, then they will be given a place among my people. But any nation who refuses to obey me will be uprooted and destroyed. I, the Lord, have spoken. There goes that phrase, I have spoken. <laughs> One of my favorite phrases in the Bible, or in general. And somebody says, I've spoken. All right. And it's like, no more. You drop the mic. No rebuttals here. All right, here we go. Let's read these Tony Evans notes and keep it moving. I'll probably do one more and then I'm going to get some dinner, some grub. Why wicked people prosper is an age old question. See Psalm 73. But God didn't try to explain himself to Jeremiah because he doesn't have to defend his righteousness or the wisdom of his ways. He's God. Exactly. When people have all the thousands of complaints, millions of complaints across this world against God and the way our government is. And, and yeah, you can go down a whole rabbit hole about that conversation or just, just simply questioning God. Like, God, why did you allow this to happen or that to happen? Why do good things happen to good people? Once again, assuming that we're good people to begin with. Um, when I read Romans 3.23 says, we have all fallen short of the glory of God. No man is good. We're all wicked. All of us are wicked and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us have sinned or missed the mark or viewed off the path that God intended us to follow. Nobody is good. So anyway, when we question God, it's like God is sovereign. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. And yeah, you can go down a whole rabbit hole to discussion. But yes, here in this example, yes, God didn't have to explain himself to Jeremiah because he doesn't have to defend his righteousness or the wisdom of his ways. He's God. The point of these rhetorical questions was this. If Jeremiah couldn't handle the present, he'd really have a tough time in the days ahead. There was no one Jeremiah could trust. No one but God. That's how I feel like in my life right now. You know, I, I'm thankful I have my mom. I'm thankful I have my brother. I'm thankful, thankful, thankful for a church family. I'm thankful for a handful of friends that I keep in contact with uh, regularly. And I'm thankful for my counselor. I'm thankful for, yeah, my family. But at the end of the day, these are all great folks. But I can't trust none of them the way I can trust God. And you could have the greatest friend, the greatest spouse in the world. But if your trust, if you place more trust in them and what they have to say, then you do the words of God or you put more trust in these New age books out here or the new philosophies of this world, whatever it is, fill in the blank. If you trust that stuff more than you do God, then uh, yeah, I'm pray for you. All right. God uses a variety of illustrations to describe both the wicked nature of his people and the judgment he intends for them. One of the most powerful is his description of the invading Babylonians as a sword of the Lord that devours so completely that no one can escape. Is my end on that note? Wow. All right, Heavenly Father, thank you for this word. Thank you for your goodness, your mercy, your grace.
and pray for everyone that is tuning in right now here on uh twitch <laughs> and uh even if it's one person watching i can't see them right now lord i pray in the name of jesus lord, that they be drawn to you that they put their trust and their hope in you that they would see lord that they need you that that we're all sinners in need of a savior and that's through jesus that's jesus christ the only way that we can have a relationship with you god is through you so i just pray god we thank you for this word continue to just um pray that there be a desire to study your word to read your word and spend time in your word and spend time in prayer that there be a continued longing in a revival occurring in this world all over and uh, help us to not be quick to question your 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 authority god to question why and why things are happening the way they're happening but we'd be quicker to falling on knees and repentance and into uh this ask simply lord help us to see things the way you see them help us to um talk more the way you talk and act the way you act and and to get wisdom that only comes from you in jesus mighty name i pray amen all right y'all i'll be back romans three twenty three says for all have sinned or missed the mark, or veered off the path, and fallen short of the glory of God, or God's perfect standard. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of the cost of that sin is death, or eternal separation from God. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 5a says, But God demonstrated his love toward us, or showed his love toward us, in that while we were still yet sinners, Jesus Christ died for us. Romans 10 verse 9 through 10 says that if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we will, not might be, not maybe, we will be saved. For with our hearts we believe we are now in right standing with God, and with our mouths we confess that we are now saved. Lastly, Romans 10 verse 13 says that whosoever, anybody, everybody, who calls upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved. So if you never asked Jesus into your heart or you've walked away from him and you would like to rededicate your life to him, you can just simply say, Dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know my sin deserves to be punished. I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God who died for me and rose from the grave. I want to turn from my sin and trust Jesus Christ alone as my Savior. Thank you for the forgiveness and everlasting life I can now have through faith in Jesus. In Jesus' mighty, precious name I pray. Amen. Lord Jesus.